Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. and uh, we went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We feel like we go back 40 years and that's just fine with me. And the food is great and the environment and the beauty is wonderful and I love to look around there in Amish, such quaint, nice things that you can do. Uh, One of the things John Gordon said, Pastor John Gordon said, uh, Dad, let's go to Hershey's, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania and see the chocolate uh, factory. I said, the last thing I want to do is go to a place to visit the place that has the worst chocolate I've ever tasted. I like the Swiss stuff and the German stuff. But my son doesn't ask for much. And because he kept on thinking it would be nice for the family to do, I succumbed. And we went to Hershey, Pennsylvania. And folks, what I encountered there changed my life. And so I just have to share it. And I just have to give you just a little bit of an excerpt of what I experienced, okay? And I do have a sermon, so I'm not just going to talk about this the whole time. But it was something impacting. And you know I don't do this often, so when I do this, it must be big. So what happens is we go to Hershey, and there's this various plans and seeing death different things. We did go through the factory where you get to see how they make chocolate, which was nice. And at the end of that, they give you a a chocolate uh, candy bar, which we devoured promptly. All right. And then what happened is we took this uh, trip and it was uh, done on a bus where there's a tour through the city of Hershey. The city of Hershey was actually named after Milton Hershey, which was the one who started the Hershey business. The interesting thing was he had a candy factory in New York that did not work, one in Chicago that did not work, and one in Philadelphia that did not work. He came back home to his hometown in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It had another name at that time. And he began to make caramels, and that went over really well. And then in the process of time, he switched it to making chocolate. At that time, chocolate was very expensive. The average person couldn't buy it because it was so exorbitantly priced. Well, what he did was he got a number in that area with the fresh milk and the dairy farms that that area afforded, and he began to make chocolate that was affordable so everyone could have chocolate. I came to find out that he had a Mennonite background. Now, if you understand Mennonites, they were part of the dissenter groups that came out of uh, Germany, particularly uh, Germany, as I said. And they were people who believed in giving, people that began, believed in loving one another. They had a great missionary uh, thrust in their group. And he was raised with real Christian values. And so he became an unusual businessman. I'm just going to read a little something written about him by someone who knew him. Unlike other industrialists of his time, Milton Hershey's vision of a company town expanded beyond the brick and the mortar walls of his chocolate factory. With his company's profits, he built homes for his workers. Parks 
for the city, an orphanage for poor children, public transportation and infrastructure enriching the lives of those around him. His wealth was accompanied by a profound sense of moral responsibility and benevolence. He was brought up in a Christian home. His mother was a Mennonite. When he died in 1945, he left his entire estate of $60 million to the orphanage he founded. It was said about him that he measured success not in dollars, but in the usefulness of those dollars for the benefit of his fellow man. I was so impacted. But the thing that was perhaps so special that ended it is we had this tour guide who was so brilliant. He'd tell funny things and he'd tell the story and knew about all the places. And at the end of it, he said, and by the way, I became a prosperous man myself. I became an engineer and had much success. But I was one of those in the orphanage. And I thought, what a life. What a life. And I thought today to remind us that life is not in the things that we amass, that we hold for ourselves. Our life is what we release to God and to help mankind. And I was so inspired as I came back to say afresh, God, I want my life to be one that's poured out. And I felt to encourage you today by this testimony, will you be one that will pour out your life? I have a list of ways I think that maybe we can do this and maybe there's other ways God will lead you, but can you share the good news of salvation with your neighbor? Can you mentor someone who's beginning in the faith and just needs a friend and encouragement? How many have had them? How important they are? Can you give the tithe and offering for the building of God's house? Every penny that comes in, thank God this place is old and it has need, but it's all paid for. Everything that you give will go to what God has for us as a church. Can you serve the church? And there's a variety of capacities in teaching, in cleaning, in praying, in visitation. There's numbers of ways, children's work, that you can be involved I want to just ask you if you feel a nudge that way. See Pastor Donna. She'll get you working. You might be sorry you asked her. <laughs> you can be a part of the church prayer team here. Folks, people are talking about the presence of God. The presence of God does not come just because the music team is great and we're old. There's hours of prayer for this service this morning. Prayer makes God work. Allows him to work, I should say. You can be part of our prayer team or Epiphras ministry every morning. You can lay down your life for others and fulfill the law of Christ. I want to say this. Few do, some will. Let's be among the few. Let's give ourselves to serve. Wasn't that worth my introduction? Milton S. Hershey. I went thinking I never want to eat that chocolate. And I left thinking, I'm never going to eat any other chocolate but Milton's chocolate. Amen. And interestingly, I have eaten it for years, you know. 
But the thing is, I never turned it around and read that every candy bar gives a portion of those proceeds to that orphanage. Okay? So just, just a little something to inspire. You know, people inspire us, don't they, when they live for God and when they do his work and his will. All right, but I have a little bit of a sermon, accent on the moan. All right. And, uh, <laughs> and it's not lengthy because I've taken some of my time and I can make it brief. But uh, this one, I know what I'm talking about because I tried it and it works. The title of my sermon is very, very direct. You need to praise. You need to praise. Now, there's a number of reasons why we need to praise, and I think the best one is because he is worthy. Nobody's ever fought with that. God is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. But thank God, God in his goodness, just like Milton, he never asks us to do anything that we don't receive a blessing in doing. And so though he's worthy of praise, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you praise the Lord, you make a way for God to come to you. You make a way for you to increase that fellowship with God. And how many know that Christianity is all about fellowship with God? Our church is intended to bring us closer to God. Prayer is intended to bring us into his presence. His word is intended to help us to walk with him so he can walk with us. Everything in the Christian life is that God wants to have a walk with us. That's why I love the motto God gave us, to know him and to make him known. You can't make someone known you don't know. But God wants the Holy Spirit and his word to just enrich our lives, to give us an experience and a revelation of Jesus that we know that we know that we know that we know. And so that's very important. And so praise is one of the weapons of a warfare that is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. One of the things you're going to have to understand if you haven't already, that sometimes in going through the Christian life, you hit a wall. You hit a hard place. You hit a place where you don't seem to be able to get through. That is not uncommon. Don't get discouraged when you hit those places. Now, many of you know, and I've told many times the story of how I had depression as a young man. I don't know why I was depressed. I had hair then. I was skinny. I even had some girls that liked me. One of them's behind me. Right? I mean, I had money in my pocket. I wasn't a great baseball player, but I played and I, I, I competed. And there was nothing in my life that was anything really adverse except somehow Satan didn't want me to break through. Do you know Satan doesn't want you to break through? He doesn't want you to find him because some of you and many of us are leaders and we know how to get things done and the enemy doesn't want you to get a handle on Jesus because he knows you will damage his kingdom. And so the enemy fought me, fought me. I had such depression. I feel for folks who have depression. Folks, depression is not thought up a person's in a bad mood. It's a demonic attack. Sometimes it's physical. Mine was more demonic where the enemy is just trying to bring you down. And I'll tell you, it does not feel good at all. And so if anyone has depression, we want to pray for you today. God will bring you out of that depression. But all of you know, most of you know my testimony, so I'm not going to give the long version. I had a good minister 
who knew the things of God. And I was in a meeting and God's glory was coming down and I'm weeping. I'm just terrible. I just feel like the world's coming to an end. And he saw me. I'm thankful. This is the kind of pastor my wife and I and John Gordon want to be. We care about people. And we talk often about those who are struggling and we pray for them. So my minister called me into his room and he said, Mike, we're going to get the victory. And I'll tell you what you're going to do. I want you to praise the Lord for a half hour a day for a month. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. That's a big dose, but it's because how bad I was. And I began to fight. Well, I'm not going to tell the end of the story right now. I'm just going to shift to some verses. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 145. And I want to remind you that there's more commands in the word of God to praise the Lord than any other command. Did you get that? How many believe the word of God is divinely inspired? All right, well, let me repeat it. There is more commands in the Bible to praise the Lord than any other command. So I think that if the Bible is important and the Bible emphasizes praise, that God needs us to praise. He wants us to praise because he's worthy, but he needs us to praise because in praising, he breaks chains. He sets free. So I'm just going to go through some verses just to see how the psalmist really, really, really encourages this praise. I'm reading Psalm 145. I'm just going to read the first three verses. I'd like them up there. It says this. Maybe my mic is just a little too loud and, um, because yeah. I will extol thee, my God, O king, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee and I will praise thy name forever. Let's read verse 3, all right? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Psalm 146, let's read the first two verses, all right? 146, 1 and 2. Praise ye the Lord Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing unto my God while I have any being. That means as long as you're living, we will praise him. Let's Psalm 149, the first verse. Let's read it together. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is calmly. I'm going to read 148, verse 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise ye him all ye his angels, praise ye him all his hosts. It talks about the creation praising him and everything in this earth praising him. And then in 149 it says in verse 1, Psalm 149, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. You know, I was so happy as I looked across this place this morning and I could tell that we were happy to praise him. I could feel the joy eminent. I almost took off a dancing, at least took off a running. Someday we're going to take off a running in this place. We don't want to be part of the frozen chosen. He's worthy of our praise. We're not ashamed to praise him. We thank God we can lift our hands. We thank God we can shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. I praise him with my heart. The Bible says open your mouth wide and he will fill it. The Bible says everything that hath breath praise the Lord. 
The Bible says, praise him with the high-sounding praises. It's in this chapter, verse 6. Let the high-sounding praises of God be in their mouth. Now, there's a purpose for it. God is not in decibels. But something happens when a person praises. When a person praises the Lord, God inhabits the praises of his people, and he sends quickening life. So there's a spiritual operation that's put into motion when you obey the word of God and begin to praise. It's not just that he's honored. He is working. Hallelujah. He's quickening you. He's strengthening you by might, by his spirit in the inner man. And so as I engaged in this praise and I was feeling so depressed, I didn't realize that I was fighting against principalities and powers, but God made me know it. And that little devil had to drive back. And as I began to praise the Lord, I began to get freer and freer and freer. And at the end of that month, the power of God came upon me. I went to church and if I had hair it would have stood up <laughs> hallelujah oh I had goose flesh all over I became Pentecostal because Jesus had set me free and I was in touch with something real something alive something that changed my life I'm not preaching it just because it's here I'm preaching it to you because I did it and it works It's an interesting thing to me. When churches begin to calcify, that means backslide. When groups begin to get further away from God, one of the things that goes first is praise. You kind of think it's dumb because the natural man doesn't receive the things of God. Hallelujah! But when you know him, you love him. When he's touched your life, you want to give him praise. You want to give him glory. You're thankful. Hallelujah. Something's happened and you want to give it back to him. I can't give him anything, but I can give him myself and I can give him my thanks. Hallelujah. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. I love Thanksgiving. The world plays it down. Let's have a great Thanksgiving. In fact, we have a service every Thanksgiving morning here. Few churches that do. And we pack out the place. And we come for one hour just to praise him for what he has done. And you know what I tell you? If you go and praise the Lord, the turkey will taste better. <laughs> Heavy. Psalm 149, let's just look at a little bit. Praise ye Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation. We've been doing that this morning. Folks, don't stay home. Don't be a private. God has made us to come together. And I want to tell you something that's not in my notes. I come every morning to pray in that room which is being remodeled. I can't wait to get it back. It's about a week away. Thank God Robert doing a great job over there. And sometimes we're praying alone, just a few of us, and then there'll be one or two of our saints that come in, and as they come into that room, I can feel a rise in God's presence. Now that's a very, very interesting thing. God's people carry anointing. And when that anointing comes together, hallelujah, and when there's that life and that hunger for God in a group, then the Holy Spirit begins to flow and touch one another and the things of God become alive to us. It's a good thing to get into God's house 
often and to get in as much as you can and to make efforts to be in his presence, not only together, but certainly in your own private life too. Look what it says in verse 3. Let them praise him in the dance. You know, sometimes the joy is so overwhelming that there's a little bit of activity. We go to ball games, they shout, they want the Nationals to win, they're going crazy over there in D.C. And yet we come to church and we don't think that we ought to do that. That's unchurchlike. I don't know who came up with that. My Bible says shout, dance, praise him with a loud voice. It talks about lifting up of the hands, clapping of the hands. All of these things are not done in a lot of churches, but they're not doing what God told us to do. God wants us to be free. In fact, it was quoted in this meeting where the spirit of the Lord is liberty. Where the spirit is Lord, there's liberty. Hallelujah. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. God wants to fill this house and every house with the joy of the Lord, that he'll touch your life and you'll have something to shout about. It's not just going to church to hear some dry stuff. It's about a God that loves you, that wants to walk with you and carry his presence wherever you go. Even your home should be full of glory. I remember this story. I was driving my car. I was going to college. I'm coming back and it's a rainy day just like today and it was on a bumpy road. And I was praising the Lord. And all of a sudden I hit a car that hit a car that hit a car. And a verse came to me, watch and pray. No, that's not just. Anyway, I learned that lesson. But you know what I learned? God can bless you on the job. God can be, oh, hallelujah. His presence can be with you while you're driving, while you're vacuuming, while you're cooking. God is everywhere and he's in you. And he wants to touch you wherever you are. Huh? So easy to preach to you guys, you know. Amen. Verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Oh, wow. So as I praise him, somehow I have a sword to fight something. Look at what I fight. Verse 7. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Read with me verse 8. Very important. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Now in the Old Testament they fought real ites. The Perizzites. The Amorites. The Philistines. The Hittites. We don't fight ites now. We fight principalities and powers. The rulers of the darkness of this world. That's what I was fighting. But praise drives back the powers of darkness. Satan cannot stand where Jesus is lifted up. And so that's why it's important. Because if we just get real sound and quiet and dull and dumbed down and we don't praise him, we will find that that presence of God is not as keen. Now, folks, I don't only believe in praise. I do believe in waiting on God. I do believe the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. God is a God of variety. But there's some times where we need to shout that presence of God. And not only when we feel like it. But as David said, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And as you praise the Lord in your dark times, you are taking out that sword. And you are fighting principalities and powers. And you are driving back 
the darkness that wants to rob, kill, and destroy. And you are releasing the anointing of the Spirit of God to come to your rescue, to bring you out into glorious liberty, to give you a testimony of how good he is. So praise is powerful. Hallelujah. Praise is powerful. Oh, and God wants us to learn how to praise the Lord, how to give him glory. Praise God. And so praise breaks chains. Praise sets free. Praise brings healing. Praise gives victory in your life and revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise God. I have one other story I want to tell you. Quickly, it's a true story, my testimony. You have never heard this one. When I, I hope. But when I first got saved, I had a test. And that was in a trial. I didn't get the assurance of my salvation. It was tough. I'd given up all my old friends. I'd come out of the world. I said, goodbye, old world, I'm through with you. I was not serving anything of the world anymore. I was praying every day. I was going faithful to church. But I just could not get the assurance that I was saved. I was in a trial. One of the humorous things that my friends called me, because to get the assurance of my salvation, I just got into the book of Romans, which talks about justification. And I read Romans and Romans and Romans and Romans, and my friends began to call me justified Jeremiah, because Romans talks about justification, and my middle name is Jeremiah. And the more I read, the more confused I got. Then my brother Gardner, my minister, you know, the Bible says, whose sins you remit, they shall be remitted. We don't talk much about that, and uh, we don't go there very often. But brother Gardner got so stirred up about my not getting this assurance. He told me one time, he sat next to me, and he said, he's a pastor for 50 years, I adjure you in the name of Jesus as a servant of God that your sins are forgiven. It didn't work either. But you know what made me break through? Praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I started to praise God, he gave me the assurance that I was saved. And you know, that makes sense. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16, put them up there. These are wonderful verses. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's before you break through. We're kind of confined. We're in bondage. But we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We come into relationship. The spirit of God does that. Look what 16 says. Read it with me. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. And praise brought life. And life began to give me understanding and confidence and that divine assurance that I am a child of God. And now I understand Romans like I never understood it before. Amen. One more verse and I'm finished. Until the next time. Turn with me to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Verse 23. Powerful verse. Folks, look at this verse. Take it. It really culminates everything I've shared with you and proves its validity. 
Whoso offereth praise glorifies me. Well, that would just be about enough, right? But then it says, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of my God. Do you know what that really says in the literal translation? Whoso offereth praise glorifies me, and this is the way I will show him my salvation. Wow. Praise reveals the king. Because the king lives in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Praise removes the, oh, hallelujah. It removes the darkness and it brings the clarity. And his presence becomes your very own. And folks, we're called to live in the spirit, walk in the spirit, conquer by the spirit. Folks, I want to ask you, will you be a praiser? One of the good ways to start is to practice in a meeting like this, like we've been doing. Amen? We certainly have been praising. But you know, there might be times in your worship at home or maybe in your own private prayer time. Just don't take out that big list that Brother Geyer brought last week where he showed all the things I wanted to say about me. But enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Begin to say, Jesus, I love you. Come on, say it with me. Jesus, I worship you. I give you thanks, Lord. I give you praise. Oh, Jesus, I worship you, Holy One. I give you glory, oh God. I give you honor, Jesus. Hallelujah, I thank you for who you are. I give you praise, oh God. And I promise you, you do that a little time, and all of a sudden, that quickening life of Jesus, because Jesus will kiss you. He will draw near when you honor him. He will come, and his presence will be real to you, and you'll carry something in your day that is powerful. Praise God. Amen. I said I was going to close, and I am going to close, but I do want to remind you, they're shouting and praising in heaven because the lamb was slain. Hallelujah. There's thanksgiving in heaven because he has won the victory. Amen. He took the book out of the right hand of the Father and he opened the seven seals. And his blood has been shed and we are redeemed unto God and God has given us a new song of praise unto God. And it says that there was praise in heaven. Everything in earth was praising and heaven was praising the Lord because heaven understands what Jesus has done. May God give us a great sight of what he's done. And may we praise him for the sacrifice of Calvary and for his love. Praise God. Amen. Lord Jesus, make every one of us praisers. Make every one of us give you the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to your name, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Lord, help us, oh God, to get out of the realm of church into the realm of relationship and victory by becoming praisers in our daily life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just feel God drawing near. Let's just hold a moment or two. I don't think we'll have an altar service like we usually do. Our time is up. But I believe God is here. Hallelujah. And you know what he tells me? If you're willing, he's going to give you a spirit of praise. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you that you, oh, thank you. Thank you that you're in our midst, Lord. 
Oh, thank you, Father Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Bless him. Touch him. Strengthen my brother in Jesus' name. Let us all be, be an advocate filled with the praises of his king. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I said maybe we won't have an office altar, but if you want to come and praise him, you do it. God's in the house, folks. God, uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We give you glory in this house, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Do you want to coming back from the heart of worship? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, I'd be sinful to let you go right now. God's here. Let's just touch him a little longer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come. Amen.
shout you believe that <laughs> I didn't it was new to me and I learned that to open my mouth and I just start saying praise the Lord praise the Lord and something started happening inside God started doing something and now something flows there's a river inside God did that for me because I learned to open my mouth and start praising them hallelujah I want to give you a, a plan I want to give you a something to do you start doing it a little bit just learn to praise him open your mouth and thank him oh he's worthy worthy is the lamb hallelujah thank you jesus thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah oh praise the lord thank you jesus lord you said to raise our hands and to worship you and lord you're worthy You've done so much for us. We thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory. you because you're worthy hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord glory to god hallelujah praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord thank you jesus thank you lord glory to god hallelujah god's doing something in this place hallelujah Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And if you have trouble lifting your hands, just remember it's a way of surrendering, saying, God, I give my life to you. I owe my all to you.
to you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, it's real. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. together but Lord as we go out Lord as we're on our way home Lord we're in our on our jobs Lord wherever we may be I pray Lord that you'll just fill us with that praise and worship unto you you are worthy Lord do it for our boys and girls do it for our young people Lord do it for every adult Lord let this week be a week of praising you and thanking you for your goodness for all that you've done for us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. It keeps coming to me that we're in the school of the Holy Ghost. You know what that means? God is giving you power to praise him. Oh, thank you, Lord. He's helping you where it's going to be easier for you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 